0: is packed, full of timeless ideas you could apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Christian Rebenick, CEO and co-founder of the higher education platform, Tomorrow's Education. Christian's career took him from software engineering into entrepreneurship, having previously been the CTO, CPO and CIO for companies like Parship, N26 and the World Food Programme. Our conversation centers around the rituals Christian has developed that shape his approach to life, work, and self-understanding. We discuss the concept of our circles of influence, as well as the key part that meditation has played in his approach to work and life. Christian articulates why feelings are an underappreciated part of our decision-making toolkit, and how he has missed major career decisions in the past by not listening to his gut. We discuss other topics, like the importance of a positive relationship when choosing a co-founder, as well as the profound impact becoming a parent has had on his own approach to work. Christian's cheerful, calm and thoughtful way of thinking through a problem is only the outer coating of a mind that has developed both deep self-awareness and a highly successful career. If the gift of our modern time is that we we have the freedom and choice to be able to allocate our own time uh, according to our own unique being, um, when did you first reflect on who you wanted to become?
1: It's like with every, I think, um, I think it's, it's maybe it's a more complicated answer, but in a nutshell. I'm very late. <laughs> I think most of the life just happened to me. Uh, it was like literally, like 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 I think for many of us, it's just happening, and um, you don't know why even um, things are happening and coming to you. And um, it's only I think I for me it, I think it's very I wasn't nobody in school or at university told me ask me ever what I want. It was not a question. Yeah? Nobody asked me what are my values. Yeah? Um, I mean, yes, there was this eventually, which, which job do you want to have when I was a, I was a kid? You know, Do you want to become a dentist or do you want to become a know what yeah? Which is, um, doesn't say something about who you want to become. Yeah? Um, so, and I, learning about actually this, I, I found out there's a different roles and opportunities I had it's what I really want and for me it was more like, um, if you have a relationship with a person yeah, um, you fall in love with and it doesn't work out, then afterwards you know exactly a little bit more about yourself what you don't want. yeah. So the barrier for the next relationship is getting higher um, and I think with every every relationship you have, you're setting, your, you're raising the bar for a new relationship. Yeah? And but it also helps you, I think, quite often to define uh, define what you actually want, what is important to you. But I think uh, this can be done way earlier uh, and with way less pain as well, <laughs> to be honest, yeah? by just starting actually off. Um, and it could be as early as in, in your school, um, talking about it, thinking about it. And again, I mean, this is all temporary, yeah? you, who you want and who you want to become. This is shaped by your experiences, yeah. So this changes, I think, also over here. It's nothing ultimate, but I think it's at any moment of time, it's really good to know consciously uh, what that is, yeah. And uh, once you define this again, thinking about, yeah, how to get, how to build that uh, for you, um, how can this come to reality. So I think I really just did this consciously. The question was, when did I actually find this out for myself? And I think it was just. When I moved to Berlin here and started um I lost what was this, yeah, I think literally been becoming and more and when I started one of my jobs um I had a couple of not so good experiences, I think when it came to uh, it was successful from a job perspective, but it was less meaningful yeah um and um when I realized this when I was in Berlin here starting up um, one of my challenges, I realized how important it is to do something really meaningful. Um, and that's when I realized that I need to think about this and this was more or less I don't know now um, 10 years ago. Yeah? Um, and also since this, in the last 10 years it was a transition to continuously evolve. Who do, what do I really want to um, who do I want to be? What, what is important and really close to my heart? But before it was, I think, more
0: plain. <laughs> By all intents and purposes, at the point at which you moved to Berlin, you're the success that we all put on a pedestal. You've, you've uh, made it to the outside world. You've achieved the thing that, that we all uh, we want to, we the place that we want to get to. But yet, you hadn't thought about it until that point.
1: Yeah, so, so, I mean, thank you very much. Uh, I think that the question is always what what you want to achieve and what is this kind of thing you really want, but um, no, I think the things happen to me, literally. Um, yeah, it's something which just, and the interesting fact why it happens actually is because you have certain, for example, habits, Um which then, I think, incentivized certain serendipity, certain things to happen to you, uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, from that perspective. Yeah? Um, but it was, not, it was less, less um, shaped in that regard. Yeah? Um, so to give you an example, yeah, I, I, after school, I started to study economics, um, but I was studying it because I didn't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah, I said okay. You need to do something, yeah. But it could be I could have studied. Also, it could pick any studies in 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 truth, yeah. And when I was starting to study, I was really not successful because I didn't understand why I was learning. It wasn't motivating me to learn. I don't know about HR back then. I didn't understand it. It was totally irrelevant to me. So yes, let's learn for the next exam. Um, but it, yeah. Um, but then uh, I also figured out that that eventually it's just the wrong thing for me but I didn't know what to do next so that's where I started to actually set up my own company and say hey I, I like but I like somehow doing some technology and then it was like the internet time boom time so let's do something and create a website for somebody and yeah wow that was sounds like he, he he's happy I like actually its something which works yeah so it was more or less stumbling into those things it was not like okay I know um, I don't know, I want to become that. This is so important to me. I didn't know it back then, literally.
0: What changed for you in your life when you verbalized who you wanted to become and you thought about it more deeply?
1: Um what changed? That's a in very, very interesting questions. I think what changed is um on um, so it's a l it's a it's a personality question, but I think if you for me, it was a lot of working. Um, it was a lot of hustling, you could even say, um, just doing things. But it's less. You you don't. You're not focused on being effective. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it was picking. It was more important just afterwards to pick the right things um, than to do things. So I think this is the. Um, yeah. I was way more selective into what I do and where I spend my time in. You know? um, if, you, if you know the... I love this kind of visualization of the circle of influence where you have the three circles, you know. Um, there is this, there is this uh, like large bubble um, of the things which is happening to you. Um, it's happening it outside. Then there's a smaller bubble, uh, which is um, the things... I Can indirectly influence, yeah. For example, uh, um, I don't know, I can ask you uh, to stand up, yeah, but I cannot control you, I can ask you to do it, yeah. So I have a certain influence, for example, and then there are the things I don't know, um, I can uh, influence directly, like taking off my glasses, yeah, um, could be something which I can influence directly. And the thing is, um, the, it. If you're not talking about it, yeah, if you're spending a lot of time um, in, with the pandemic and wondering wander, and complaining about the pandemic, your influence is just decreasing constantly because you're not spending your time um, and your mind um, on things which you actually have an influence on, Yeah, which decreases your influence because the time you spend on things you can influence is just reduced. Yeah? Um, and it's the other way around, the more time you spend on things you actually have an impact on, um, the bigger grows your influence because you see that you have more impact on those things. You, know? you actually want to change, So, and um, this, I think this is one of the really crucial things, and the important part is now talking about, for example, also bigger things. You can also pick to move something into your influence. But it's a very different thing if you complain about the pandemic or if you say, hey, the pandemic is something I want to change something about and I really want to do something in panic happening. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's uh, on politics, I maybe just choose a different place where I want to live for a certain period of time or whatever. But there are certain things you can do and this is something. And the more you can do and the more you see that actually it has an impact, the, the bigger again grows your influence. So I think this is something which for me... Um, uh, is is what I'm trying to do. Is yeah, um, picking trusted things which I just pull into my uh, into the things I want to change, and therefore you have a positive impact. And this is very, I think, very satisfying uh, from that perspective. And this is also then relates to the initial question: Is where do you spend your time? Um, I think you need to. In in a key thing is to know what you want to influence first uh, before you can choose that or that.
0: Uh, um, yeah. It sounds like knowing what you want to influence in some ways increases that first circle that you spoke about. Like it's it's pretty small if you don't know what you love because h- how can you then choose to do it? Um, but as soon as you start to open up your mind slightly and you understand yourself more deeply your sphere of control opens up because you you can now identify what things sit within it somehow
1: yeah and i am uh, just looking at what we do now here this podcast i mean this is something which you set up um, as one of your things where you want to say hey you want to talk eventually to leaders and um, exchange um, different topics with them and based on that grow from you Um, and this is something uh, which helps you personally again uh, the same thing is you have to be more um, effectful and uh, develop yeah and i think this is then what comes to this i think it's also unconscious or not behavior you're setting up those habits you know you don't know what the result is exactly yeah Um, but you're setting habits up for eventually uh, personal development and then uh, based on that grow what you actually wanted to achieve eventually
0: when you chose to be the cto at the md and 26 what were you pulling into your sphere there what was it that you wanted to bring into your your kind of sphere of control
1: it's an interesting uh, topic uh, i think personally <laughs> for a couple of reasons um for me uh for me, there are a couple of challenges which I really want to learn. Yeah? Um, but then I I don't know when was it. It was back in 2012, I think, when I met a headhunter. Um, and the headhunter um, I talked with him about opportunities. Um, and I was wondering also where, what should I do? And I talked to him actually, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur, seize, seize opportunities, build Um, have impact in the world, positive impact. And he told me, um, and back then I was CTO, and he told me there is no chance for a CTO, I never have seen a CTO becoming actually CEO. So out of that (laughs) discussion, um, I thought I really want to impact the world, I need to learn certain things. Because uh, coming from a technical background, um, many things um, from a thinking process, it's very structured, very logical. You're really the kind of problem solver, which is really great, um, but you lack also uh, a couple of other experiences, which is very often to do with with um, when it comes to relationships and managing that, when it comes to actually business development, to sales, being open for um, great discussions, random great discussions, being Maybe um, just taking action rather than thinking too much or overthinking it. There are a couple of things which I think is a typical very package um, rates, Yeah, uh, how is, how you would say that? And um, for me, the the challenge um, I was facing. I want to become an entrepreneur. Um, I want to be able to set up my own uh, company. And I, for that, I want to learn actually uh, um, uh, many of those uh, yeah uh, of those perspectives and if N26, um, the possibility to join N26, I had a feeling I can um, I can step up in that way and learn a lot, uh, there. And at N26, I was on one side, uh, joining as managing director, um, giving me a lot of opportunity, um, to learn and grow. What happened? I did learn a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It was an amazing time, it was an amazing time and and I think one of the, the great things about N26 is I met a lot of great people there. Um, meeting great people, being able to exchange, to learn, to gain perspectives, there are many people I know, still today we are very, very well connected with them, um, who inspire me today. Um, and um, yeah, as, as I would say it created more opportunities down the down the road, exactly in that direction. So this is one of the reasons why, after n 26 I actually started my own company then as a founder first. Um, yeah, and I've actually since then I started three companies, so <laughs> from that perspective, um, I think it was exactly what I'm building. and and now I'm also changed my focus a little bit more from actually learning how to become an entrepreneur to how to help others actually become those kind of change makers. Because the the dream, I think, of creating a better world, a better future for us, um, this is for me, um, uh, is the same, but I think the way to be this is not by creating more companies myself, but actually by enabling others. So that's the reason why, um, one of the reasons why I founded um, tomorrow's education is because i think the biggest lever in, in to a more sustainable society is actually by helping others by empowering others um to do it
0: i'm fascinated to know what's happened in your mind as we go into kind of 2017 2018 what two or three years after you've kind of had this moment of i'm gonna verbalize this internal voice i'm gonna spend a bit more time thinking about what's truly motivating me. You're two years in three years into this. You've not just joined a great company, but then you've started building more. Like what position do you find yourself in at that point? And how different is it from the Christian from before?
1: Looking back five years, yeah, 2017, um, There was a lot of reflection. I think was for sure a lot of reflections, learning in the last, literally last ten years. um, If, if the things I'm doing are actually helping me, um, on the things I, I on the to achieve the things I actually want, but also to follow the values uh, which are really um, close to me, what I believe matters most, and um, this is what I've. So, for example. Uh, what I really have, and it took me some time, it's interesting, because it's so obvious and maybe for many young people I think it's something super, super obvious, uh, but for example, I really learned from myself that relations um, and the people who I'm working with matter way more than um, if if the person has the, the skills um, and competences. I really believe that um that that this is the relationships even in work, especially also in work, is the first thing you need to look at um, and the, the values that other people have, that you have a certain fundament, um, actually to yeah um to manage the challenges. Yeah. Um, and for to to make this um as so coming from a technical background it was a lot about logic things and I think for me, what has shifted is that it's it's a way more focus on actually people. It's a way more focus, but also there's a lot of focus on I spend more time with myself. <laughs> I have uh, I have built up rituals um, which help me to clear clear. Um, I have I have kids um, which take a lot of a lot of like time. Um, and you have time with work, you have time with kids, with friends, but how much time do you spend on yourself? So I think the biggest shift, if I'm thinking back actually in the last 10 years, is the time I spent actually just reflecting, um, preparing myself, um, setting goals eventually. Um, yeah. Um, also, I imagine in my case, meditating in the morning. Um, it's part of that.
0: What, what rituals have you picked up?
1: So I, I believe, this is maybe one um, uh, of the core things I think, that the rituals you're building uh, or you're having, doesn't matter, they define a lot how you are because it's automatic reactions. It's not just the, I don't know, the 15 minutes um, morning ritual you build up, but it's actually this kind of automatisms you have built into you. If somebody calls you, what's the first thing you do? Um, mm-hmm. If if you close a day, what are you doing? If you if something bad happened, what is your first reaction? I think this kind of the question is how you what are, what is your automatism there, and I think this is something which is unfortunate because you often it happens very unconscious, which is a good thing because then it's you don't have to think about it, but then um, how you build those things up um, has such a big impact, mm-hmm. um, and. So I think that that's the reason why I think it's rituals really matter a lot um, because they are so hard to set up, to craft, and eventually to change. Because you need to first identify them eventually, and then um, changing something which is automatic is really I think one of the um, tougher, tougher challenges for everybody. And it gets just it gets just harder the older you are. <laughs> so this won't be uh, easier. And the younger you are, and you have set up successful habits, it's so great. It makes your life so easier comes to I don't know talk comes to a talk uh, comes to a presentation but it comes to I don't know something like waking up what is the first thing you do in the morning um, and I know for example for myself if I stand up um, and um, I don't know, start reading um, you know social media it just gets you in a, in a, not in a in a bad mood it's sometimes frustrating um, you don't feel better um, but if you actually stand up. I, what I do is, uh, you know, took hands and water in my face, and then I do some exercise, and you feel just different. You feel your muscles are have moved. It's something different. Huh? Um, it helps me to meditate in the morning. Um, think about what I want to. Do is what is the one thing I really wanted to achieve in that, on that day? What is important to me, uh, for example? So, mm-hmm. I have a morning ritual. I'm a morning person now. Uh, I have a morning ritual which defines really what I want. And the great thing about mornings, what I love about it, it's something where you have no interruptions. Um. So in the opposite to the evening, where sometimes you may you go out, you know, there's a I don't know what. Um, but it's less plannable. Uh, There's something that's happening in the morning. It's really something which is really easy um, to set up, easy to maintain uh, from that perspective. Um, so that, that would be one thing, but it's also something like looking at companies. It's about gratitude. You know? um, uh, as, a, as a founder, uh, you're often, you know, there is this, Perspective. You're always, I think, very promising in the long term. You think, hey, the vision is great, the future is bright, but the short term, shit, <laughs> it's always problematic. It's never good enough, never, yeah. So um, and this, I think this is a, for many founders, at least I know, yeah, it's always a challenge, yeah, um, because it's not going fast enough. It's not good enough. Whatever you know. Um, so, but when do you actually say that? when are you thankful? For the team who's actually doing an amazing, outstanding job, that you actually are where you are, you know. So, when is the time you do that? Yeah? Um, and building up the gratitude, this could be there are different ways to do this, you know. After a meeting, uh, before you close the session, think about it, yeah. Or you have a, a 50 minutes a day uh, where you just say thank you. Um, you. You could also integrate into every talk, um, think about the talk and say, say, in every talk, I want to. Be thankful uh, for the for the opportunity to actually working with this person, and in just expressing that. Um, and these little things are, are potential game changers, even if they have no immediate impact in the first time you're doing them. But if you have built them up, they will make you a different person. And that's what uh, what I mean with if, if you know who you are, because you want to be a grateful person, for example, for the things you experience. If you know that. Then you can think about setting that up, um, and that—not that not the single measure has a big impact—but if you have changed your habit to build it up, that's a huge, massive impact. And it's not about the time; it's really about the time. Actually, you, got, you have a lot. We have a lot of time. Um, we just have—we just don't use it. Uh, what you mentioned at the beginning, I think, using it um, for our purpose. Um that's the challenge.
0: Sounds like there are two types of rituals rituals that you stitch together proactively in your life like meditation for example where you carve out the time to do it and rituals where you're unstitching behaviors that you've already got or kind of instinctual reactions to to things which one which one's harder
1: Everything which you don't know is the harder part. And often things like that meditating 15 minutes every day is something very easy to set up because it's easy to measure, easier to op, um, observe. Yeah, so that's the reason I think all those things are, from that perspective, generally easier. Um, but it also, giving an example, I think uh, it's a great boom in US about journaling. Yeah, everybody who's journaling, that's already a big thing um, which helps you to reflect um, every day. And I think journaling is one of the great habits which then could as a if you start doing that, could have a lot of triple effects afterwards um, from that perspective. yeah. And then you think about, oh, I was again, I don't know, it could be a bad mood, could be, um, I don't know, uh, whatever. And just noticing that can help you eventually, for example, to detect patterns. And once you have a pattern, I think they're, they're, I love the book from James Clear about atomic habits because he explains very wisely this kind of what are the steps? <laughs> how do you make these changes actually happening? It's not tough, but it's again, it's like many things. Once you know how to make it, um, then uh, it's easier to replace, for example, a habit. You need to know what is the reward you receive. Once you know the reward, then it's easier to replace it with another thing. Um, it's sometimes very much harder to stop something. Yeah? Give you an example, um, if you come home from work, and, and uh, maybe not now, but if you come home from work, and the first thing is you do want to have something to drink, because it relaxes you. So what you want is the relaxation, yeah. And currently the only thing which gives you relaxation is is something to drink, uh, but then if it's something with, I don't know with alcohol, it could be maybe too much, yeah. So you want to replace that habit, for example. But you need then you need to think about what is what is the same thing which helps you eventually to relax. What could be that, yeah? and. Um, and then if I replace it, for example, then set this up, yeah. But this could be, I don't know, it could be something.
0: How have these rituals enabled you to pursue your best work?
1: I think it's all about the rituals you have. Um, because once you have established certain rituals, you can build on top new rituals. I think that but I meant, your consequence of those things. It's just, you have something from there. You don't get, like, to the super sophisticated, I don't know, um, you're really build, building those layers of layers up um, on your rituals um, that you actually um, can. Because at the beginning, it costs a lot. If you do something consciously, setting something up consciously, it's just tough. yeah. So I think it's you first need to integrate a cup form you, before you can concentrate on the next um, rituals. And I think that's, again, that's, that's who you are. Um, and this will define then also how you spend your time, for example. If you spend your time, um, I don't know, if you have focused time for, to make the progress you want to make, or if you spend your time on, I don't know, sales, or on, with the team more, um, uh, yeah, and how you will, even not just not what you do, but also how you make those meetings, yeah? What, why are, for example, those, those important? What do you want to get out of that, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the typically for for ninety nine percent of our life, we don't think we just do those things, so that's that's what I mean. they are they are just automatisms, and then eventually we have those other things which are very exceptional, but that that's the exception. that big part is just what happens, and we are not we are not doing it um consciously, so it just happens.: yeah.
0: When we self-reflect? though that self-reflection is almost in all parts positive, you identify in some ways the two different types of motivations that are inside you. There's your intrinsic motivations and your, your external motivations. When you're going through that period of self-reflection yourself and deciding what to work on next, where to allocate your time, how do you make sure that you're being motivated by the right things?
1: I think it's always about first knowing what you. Why do you want the things you want? Yeah, and yeah. and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that everything is possible from today to tomorrow. I um, I think that there's always some certain barriers, but the likelihood um, is just way more increased if you have the um, the right sets set up. I think for the um, for the reflection part. Um, the, the, for me, reflection is something which I can do with myself eventually, but I think that for the reflection part, it's not something which is, a am doing it and then I'm done and it's a check mark. It's something which for me is more a continuous process. Um, listening to others. <laughs> what do they experience? Um, what works in the relation eventually? Yeah? Um, the reflection for me is a lot of listening and then understanding. Um, and this is something which is, needs to happen. I think also constantly. It's not, and, and the great thing is that's um, where if you have eventually a sounding board for yourself, if you have people you trust, eventually from a diverse background who experience in a different situation, you can be very openly and ask uh, ask them uh, how do you experience me? Uh, what's your perspective on this? Um, but I think the and then select yourself what you want to take from this. Yeah, because I think this is something. Which still you need to decide always. What is the one which you agree, disagree, what's the one may you say, hey, yeah, I want this is not in line with what I actually want. And want to evolve in that direction. I think also, um so I had phases in my life there where there was eventually too much uh too big step and therefore eventually also too big too many critics or too many too much self-doubt. And I think uh, it's Stability ma- matters a lot. Yeah, so I mentioned the habits you have and then you build on top of it. But you can't just change yourself, I think, um, so much. Yeah. Otherwise, you become defensive um, eventually or whatever your, your um, reaction is. But it, I think it's, it's very important to have the opportunity to um, think. And that's where I meant it's also important to have time for yourself. Because if you don't have the time, actually, to digest those things, then they are worthless which is quite often happening, um, I know I should do that. I know I should, I don't know, I, should, I, I would like to do this, but I, you know, um, and you're not spending the time actually on doing that. So the problem we see, or I see, or I experience those myself is knowing is where the issue. The, the issue is actually saying, hey, that's now in my influence and I influence it and making this move Moving something into the circle of influence and deciding that's what I will now change. Yeah. And this cannot be 20 things. It's better best, it's one, maybe it's two, maybe it's it depends on how big the topics are. But the less, the better. And once the first thing is changed, then you can ne- put the next change, uh, next thing into your influence. And that's that's what I meant. That's how it out of circle of influence just gets larger because all things you do all of a sudden work out. And that's that's for me what is really essential when it comes to reflection. Um, constantly listening, but also having the time to reflect and then take action.
0: How do you know when you've bitten off more than you can chew for that self-growth? Because burnout can creep up on us. It's not something that necessarily is is an instant feeling. It, it, you can reflect back and think, ah, actually, this happened three months ago.
1: I would even say it's not my strength per se because um, from my um, personality type, I have a high stress tolerance and resilience. But the difference, also the problem with it is often that you don't feel yourself as strong eventually. So I think what helps, for example, is your meditation that you actually listen (laughs) to your body and to your inner uh, inner self um, because... In, in reality, you, you know it, you feel it anyway yeah and you feel it most of the time really early on if something doesn't work out already, um, but listening to yourself um, and experiencing that and again, uh, taking action, saying no, okay, accepting re- eventually reality, how it is now, now this is not in my influence. I don't want to touch this now. that's the first step. I think this kind of uh, process is very important yeah. Uh, this kind of reflection and pick pick what you choose your battles, literally. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I not want. And accept. this is what I meant for accepting reality. Um, I don't know, there are many things which, where I'm not perfect. And I don't need to be perfect or not uh, outstanding in certain areas. I mean, we're all not. Yeah? We're, nobody of us is perfect. So I think it's all about, hey, that it's okay um, that this is, this is outside of my circle of influence currently. I'm not the politician. I will not change this. I, I, I don't know. Could be, it could be very more uh, tangible topics, but this is what I'm. I don't want to be the public speaker right now. I, I think at one point of time, eventually, it's time to do that as, as one of the examples. But now, um, for me, I don't know, my relationship matters a lot. So I want to focus really on making my relationship work. And for that, uh, what I have an influence is that could be whatever, yeah? But this is, I think, the, the important part, accepting that certain things are outside of your influence now and certain things are inside your influence and making those choices. Um, and then say, now, because I've made the choice that it's okay that I'm, I don't know, could be also what uh, else is good as an example. I'm okay that I'm not eventually good at running meetings, but it's that's okay, I accept this for now. I think this acceptance of the reality is really crucial to all of us, um, We who we are all... Um, not
0: perfect when you make a big career decision what part of your body do you listen to most i think it has changed (laughs) i asked my wife so it's not my body
1: (laughs) 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 um to make a career change I, i think because i'm in my life i made a couple of career changes yeah um and they all have, I think, very good reasons uh, for that, um, and I think they all have been uh, have been important in that regard. Um, all those changes, yeah, um, yeah, and I think that's what I meant with the people first. I think it's it's what you know already. Hey, this is not the right. Um, um, eventually, you feel it doesn't work out um, at this stage, yeah, um, and. The, the other feeling I think you have is, uh, if anything, you're choosing. So I think the one thing is when you want to leave some place. What for whatever reason, I think this is something where I would listen very much um, to my gut. And sometimes the problem more with my gut is this, that I don't react to it. Yeah, that's what I mentioned before. Yeah? So my typical, my typical resilience would say, let's keep it down, let's ignore it, let's ignore it, let's ignore it. And that's, I think, really false and you should listen to that and talk about it and really address the issue um, you feel. As early as possible, I would also always address this in in the company itself uh, directly because that's the way you have a chance to actually resolve it Um, very openly, address directly the issues you feel, um, and also I think all the feelings, they don't need to be made logic. And I think you can just address how you feel. It doesn't need always to be like rational, just coming from a techie background. <laughs> that happens very often where you try to make it logical, make it sound, but it doesn't need to be. Um, it just you can try to articulate what you feel, why it right? maybe does you feel in that direction, that direction. Yeah. We should learn more in, in schools about feelings, by the way. It's another thing. Um, but the, the other thing is then um, is what's next. And I think this is for many uh, um, many people today. So uh, uncertainty, yeah, um, because and uncertainty depends on who you are. Some people can just make this very nervous um, and scared um, and tough to make the right choice, yeah, um, yeah. And I think for me um, that make, this is again a personal thing. I think. For me, the decision where what I'm doing next needs to feel good. And sometimes, sometimes you're just wrong. And i give you an example. I, just, I, I don't have it in my LinkedIn profile anywhere. But I also joined a company um, which planned an IPO. Um, and they did convince me thoroughly um, to join. And they said, hey, Christian, you're the perfect match. We need you, you need to join with you. We can make the IPO. You get, um, you know, all the big packages you want and everything you want and just join us. And they, they pursued me, persuaded me. And then I said, OK, let's do it. Yeah, um, But it didn't feel so right. <laughs> so I joined um, and I started it and it it really didn't feel right. Yeah, And I gave it one week as I said, hey, the gut says it's not right. So anyway, um they have been happy with the, what I did, but I've, I didn't feel right. enough after, I think it took me two weeks, really long, actually, uh, in that feeling to quit. Um, and after two weeks, I quit, uh, which was super stupid, um, I think, for them. Because, you know, they have been looking for me uh, for quite some time. I've been very happy to find this person. And now they go back to zero. Um, but overall, I think the, the earlier you listen to your car, the better and the more honest you are, so, what you actually want, the the less, the the less wrong decisions or stupid decisions you make, yeah? <laughs> Literally, that's what I think, yeah? So, yeah, um, it's not really some bad a goal, uh, so I think it wouldn't happen to me because I think I would listen more, I would listen to more to what I actually want, I would know what I want, now I would know what my values are, what is for me a goal, no goal. Um, so I learned a lot about myself and what is important to me and I learned was a little bit better about being more accurate and actually trying to understand others um, and other companies, especially actually people um, behind it. There's still no guarantee from that perspective, but I think that's, so the answer would be in a nutshell, (laughs) listen to your gut. I mean, typically, I think you will, um, yeah, you will feel, um, if it feels good.
0: How do you go about gathering the information you need for your gut to make that decision so the the obvious answer to that is conversations with people you had the pleasure of two weeks of working with that company what 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 information do you try and draw into your gut in order to make that call and how do you go about it
1: i have a friend of mine i was really great and he's a he's actually i think it was a very people-orientated person, but his decisions when it comes to job, it's an Excel sheet. and right? It's like literally a matrix, you know, all attributes exactly measured and then lists up the opportunities and compares salaries and people, learning opportunity and all this. And it's really large. And I think he has done no decision correctly. <laughs> so, uh, which I think is really funny. Yeah? So uh, from that perspective, well, that's not. I think it's his own view. Yeah, from that perspective. Yeah, I think we we try, and this is maybe not true for everybody. But I've seen many people, including myself, to over-rationalize decisions. Yeah, um, and over-rationalizing it you, means you open arguments against your gut because typically. Um, you you will feel very instantly based on the interactions you have and you typically for a job you have a couple of interactions which give you a sensation about does this feel right? do you do you feel these people will help you to advance? Do you like to work with those people? Is this something where you can think you do you can thrive actually It's still and, and there, there is no guarantee it's like in a relationship you feel it's a great match for you but then I don't know after such a long time you can still figure out uh, uh, it doesn't work out but the more um, the more talks, the more questions you have, the better you feel if this is right and not or not right. And you can be wrong; it's also okay. I think this is there's no guarantee uh, otherwise. But given another example, talking about founding. Um, how do you find a co-founder? Which I think is also very similar, um, relative problem. That's the reason why if you say if I, if somebody asks me, hey, how do I find my co-founder? I would first go to your network. And to the people you have worked with together already for a long period of time, or to your friends, because there you know if it works because you have so many more um, information, right? Touch points uh, on on the gut feeling with them that you can better judge most likely if it will work out. Um, And that's why I mentioned before it's more about actually the personality and who you're working together with than what is the actual problem. Interesting.
0: your advice there is go to your network not necessarily cuz the best people are in your network but because you can understand the people in your network better than you could understand other people
1: yeah it's the likelihood that you fail and your work relation fails is very high because of the um, of just working with the wrong people together um, no company has ever successful no, no startup i know no like, not too open. No startup I know is if the, the founder team has not worked closer together, and it's the same true in the workplace at the end. Yeah, um, that's also why it, sometimes it's very much harder to work for the government <laughs> because people are just put randomly together eventually. Yeah, um, and many startups are also successful because they're actually friends working together um, at their best. Yeah, um, it's just a different experience often for that reason. Now, it doesn't mean it cannot work the other way around um, and i'm just saying that's a good way to look first because their likelihood is just bigger yeah
0: what have you learned about work through your children
1: <laughs> so much <laughs> um yes okay so i have three children yeah currently at the age of six nine and ten um so all still pretty young um But then again, I think uh, uh, every time, um, so I think with your first child, you realize way more than before, I think, that that it's not about you. (laughs) So I think the the most important learning um, for people which get children is it's not about you. And everything which beforehand eventually centered around you um, changes um, from that perspective. Um, And... You think I think the, what you start to way way more um think what can you do for others I think this this a change a general mindset thing is stronger um uh, and yeah um there are so many things I learned um yeah so but I think that's on a on a high level thing uh, maybe maybe it's something more tangible uh, so I did a I did a, a class on, on negotiation. It was an amazing class. With one of the, with uh, he was a, a policeman. He was negotiating, doing labor negotiation on a national level. He was negotiating with the pirates, you know, about what to do with the hostages. And he also had, for sure, economic uh, company negotiations when it comes to M and And he told us a lot of lists um, on what to do and what not to do. And you know never give in um, always have a have 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 the person save save his face uh, if uh, you know if he needs to give in many things yeah um, but also this topic um, ask hi and then uh, yeah um, and my kids are just a born negotiator. Yeah? And always, if uh, if they want something, and as as a no, then they increase their demand. You know, their their parents typically they lower it. Okay, okay, I give you a little bit. You know, <laughs> so um, kids are great to learn about negotiation. They have they have in, in, in a natural habit of divide and conquer with their parents. That's not unique. you need to tell. <laughs> That's not what you need to to them. But then, yeah, there's a lot about leadership in general, I think, uh, when it comes to, to what you can learn from your kids, you know. Um, and it's really great because I think uh, you see that planting the seed in, sin, in a sense of not that forcing something is less helpful than planting ideas. Um, and I think this is also very often true Um and the same is true about rituals, for example. It's very important what rituals you're building up um, and how you're building them up. This is also I think, what is in every company. Companies are often defined, I don't know who is but I think many companies' success is defined by rituals, you know, um, which is uh, have group rituals, you know, uh, which you're doing together together. Uh, I don't know what what, what you how, how you're building court, but I think that's um, yeah um, a lot of what you can learn from his family dynamics.
0: Can I ask you three final, relatively quick fire questions before we finish? Absolutely. Um, how have you overcome imposter syndrome?
1: <laughs> um, how have, you, I, have a, I think that a lot is about. So uh, first of all, um, acknowledging it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start. <laughs> Let's start with that, yeah? Um, the, um, the interesting part, If you do, you do you know anything about the Enneagram? No. No, okay. Um, Enneagram is a really amazing um, research book uh, about actually different personalities. Um, and the thing is, it's not about judging who you are. Um, I think it's a lot about Understanding who you are uh, and how can you grow, and um, there is a lot of actually about these personality types. And personality type, I think three is a lot about um, the the American, the imposter in that kind of regard. Yeah, the wannabe, and uh, which, of uh, <laughs> to be honest, typically resonates with myself. Yeah, uh, very well because uh, imposter typically very productive, but they they feel that they are never good enough. Yeah, from that perspective. Yeah. So, I think understanding that um, is really important, yeah? um, and being able to uh, think about what, what does this mean for others, so how are you perceived by others for that reason as well, yeah? um, is, is I think the second really important step. And then, then, yeah, then <laughs> looking into it and uh, thinking what you can do about it. And in my case, again, I have a wife, um, she's amazing, um, she helps with a little bit to understand. Uh, a different perspective on things yeah
0: how have you overcome the trap when you've invested in a certain line of work for a period of time but you realize that it's not truly what you want to be doing and you want to be doing something different where you've spent less time on it and you ultimately have to cut your losses move down a peg and move on to something else where you feel more like a beginner. How have you overcome that trap in the past? I
1: could bring up a couple of examples, but really quickly, there were maybe the biggest one. I was working at Bevin uh, for nine years, uh, joining as a as a developer, uh, person number 30, and I was, um, yeah, and I stayed for nine years and the company was nine 3,000 people at large, yeah, and I had a had a great job, great salary, very stable Um and I knew everybody, it's like an amazing future ahead of me. But I thought also, I had also not the opportunity to develop really massively because if I was a little bit stuck, I think, from this perspective. So um, I thought about, and then I had one, my um, head of HR there, um, and he shared a story um, that he actually um, was also in HR, just a recruiter, and he earned so much that he didn't, was so afraid of switching jobs, but then he stepped down. Um, um, and took a job at a smaller company at of HR but that helped him to learn more. He was earning less, way less money, but he was progressing. And it, I took this advice, actually, from myself. I quit the job. Um, I changed it, actually, and became CTO at a way smaller company. <laughs> um, but it helped me so much to learn uh, myself and develop myself a way better, a, bit, a very different perspective. Yeah? So this was one of my... Learning, also learning, uh, earning way less salary from that perspective, but it helped me to grow, and this growth was way more important than earning um, more salary and being more in a safe spot from my perspective. Yeah, this changed for sure, uh, a big part of my life.
0: Oh, I wish I'd known you before two thousand fifteen. <laughs> 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 I met both Christians. I love that. Thanks, man.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for the really great discussion here. I love the question. Very interesting.
0: The Best Work podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at bennettcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation insightful video content and more at core.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.